Charlotte FC just wrapped up their expansion draft ahead of their inaugural season. So Jack and I sit down, dissect every single pick for the next 50 minutes, talk about how Charlotte FC's roster is shaping up and whether or not they're set for their inaugural expansion season. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at Final Third Show. Link will be down in the show notes below. Also, give us a follow and a rating on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. We appreciate it so, so much. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. As always, my name is Jack. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm a fan of Chelsea, Minnesota United, which fortunately for this topic, we're not talking about Uh today. And Atalanta, as well as the U.S. and French national teams. And I am joined here today with my co-host who is struggling through final season, AJ Tabura. <sighs> Don't even get me started. As <laughs> many college students are going to be kind of feeling our pain or have felt our pain in the last couple of weeks. We are going through finals and that kind of sucks. Jack is uh, making good progress. I haven't even started my finals. They start <laughs> this this uh, Thursday for me. Not happy, not happy. But I'm AJ Tabura, fan of Minnesota United. Uh, West Ham United, which did go too well today, which I guess is to be expected given our current injury crisis, and as well as the U.S. national teams. But we're not going to be talking about any of those teams, including Minnesota United, because today we thought we'd take finals week a little bit easy and talk about uh, the MLS expansion draft that just kicked off, or I guess wrapped up yesterday (laughs) as we're recording this, featuring Charlotte FC, which are going to be entering their inaugural season in 2022 coming up. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about their picks and everything. Uh, before we get started, just want to plug our Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, link will be down below. Also want to plug uh, the NWSL draft. That is a draft that's happening uh, at the time of release Thursday. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, I believe, featuring Angel City and San Diego Wave uh, in the NWSL. We are not going to be covering that because that's going to kind of mess up our timeline. And also, uh, we'll have to record that literally the night before, probably my biggest final of my life. So can't really (laughs) record that. So, uh, Jack, who is somebody that they can listen to if they want to get some NWSL analysis? Well, you can go over to at uh, I, th- I think it's at WSM podcast. I, I it's with the Women's Sports Matters uh, podcast with Gianna, friend of the podcast. They do a great job covering all things NWSL. So you're definitely going to want to uh, check them out. I'm sure they'll be covering it in some format. And yes, you know, I, I, we, I think they're, they're there actually at the that's convention. right. That's right. Yeah. I, I believe you, you are correct. And, uh, you know, we always want to. Uh, give a shout out to, you know, podcasts that we were big fans of and uh, that tend to be big fans of us as well, I guess. But uh, so make sure to check them out. At and it is at WSM podcast. I was just making sure because I wanted I wanted to get the right information out there. Big fact checker over here. Good job, Jack. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Charlotte FC. Uh, I'll go over kind of the rules of the expansion draft just to give some context. So every time MLS expands uh, and adds a new team, because there's no promotion or relegation or anything like that, uh, we have an expansion draft, which is basically 
any of the teams that are entering enter a five round expansion draft where they get to pick players from other teams to add to their team. Uh, some years, like I believe it was 2019, uh, Inter Miami and Nashville SC had to trade off picks and that kind of complicates things for years such as last year with Austin FC and this year with Charlotte FC. It's just one team and they get to make their picks just completely unabetted. So I saw a funny comment where it was like, this just could have been an email because they're not competing against anyone else. So uh, what's the point of having a, such a big event? But regardless, they get to pick uh, unprotected players from other teams. So the way that works is that all the other teams in MLS, plus some exceptions, uh, have to put in an unprotected list where they basically have a certain amount of players that are unprotected and are able to be selected by Charlotte FC uh, to their heart's content. That means that they have uh, and also a protected list, which is 12 uh, of their favorite players, the most important players that they want to keep at all costs. Usually it's going to be your designated players, your high impact players, players that are on a friendly contract that might be very enticing for an expansion team to pick up. And then your unwanted players are going to be on the uh, unprotected list. Uh, yeah, like I said, unwanted players, players that might be on a contract that uh, won't be so enticing, so might be expensive uh, for the expansion team. Might be good for you, but not for the expansion team. And also uh, players that got their contracts declined, like for Minnesota, that would be uh, the likes of uh, Jan Gregoosh was able to be selected, but of course his contracts declined, so not likely to be selected. As I mentioned, there were some exceptions. If you got selected from the last expansion draft, you are exempt from this one. Uh, so the teams that Austin FC selected from, which are LA Galaxy, Nashville SC, New York Red Bulls, Orlando SC, and San Jose Earthquakes, uh, they are completely uh, fine. They're completely protected. Uh, none of their players can get selected. And um, there are a bunch of other exceptions, such as if you're a homegrown player, you are automatically protected. Uh, but other than that, that's the basics of the expansion draft. We'll go into a little bit more of the importance or lack thereof of the expansion draft as we talk about some of these picks. So let's jump into uh, some of these picks and really analyze them, see what they add, and kind of grade this draft. Uh, yeah, let's start off with the first one. McKinsey. Gaines from Austin FC. A little bit of background on him. He played in uh, uh, Germany for a little bit as uh, a player. He's a striker, I, I believe. And yeah, I mean, he's a uh, came from Austin FC, you know, played in Germany, came halfway through uh, the last season, scored, I believe, a singular goal. But it was a big deal because uh, he was from Austin. So it's his hometown team. And now just uh, what, the six months into his tenure there, gets plucked up and placed in Charlotte. Jack, what do you make of this uh, first pick? Uh, do you like it? Do you hate it? Uh, how would you rate it? Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a decent pick, right? I, I think it has it, it has a very small risk because presumably his wage bill is pretty small uh, compared to other forwards. Right. And. He has some experience in the league, you know, like it, it. he only had 205 minutes and scored a goal in the in those minutes. So not too bad for goals to minute ratio, I suppose. 
And, you know, there's a lot of upside there, I, I think. It, there's a potentially high reward because, you know, you, you see him playing. I looked up a few clips of him. He's got some good speed. And uh, that's something that, you know, in MLS has been particularly useful for strikers when they when they are able to break away from defenders, because let's face it, a lot of defenders in MLS tend to be on the slower side of things. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it, he he has quality. It it will be interesting to see if he's like going to be their starting striker or if he's being added as like a depth piece. Right. Uh, I think as a depth piece, he's really good because, you know, pretty cheap player, I'd imagine, plus mm-hmm. some league experience and pretty young. So definitely has some potential there. Uh, if he's starting every game, I worry a little bit with this pick, <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely think that this is I. I'm not I, I I'm thinking about like ranking these picks. I think this one is up there for sure. It's it's definitely higher up on the list. Well, there's there's only five possible well, rankings yeah, yeah. if yeah. we're including the <laughs> trades as well. So I mean I, I guess I, I think for me this is four out of five uh in terms of like for these picks. Uh if you had to give a a letter rating, what would you give it since we're in the final season? um i'd say a c it it passes for sure okay Um, it's it's getting a degree you know uh but i i think like uh it 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 really depends on how he's being used right like like i said if if he's being used as the main striker a little bit of an uh, a little bit of a really risky proposition yeah uh a c is probably where i'd put him i'd put a c plus maybe even a b minus that's fair. Uh, yeah. And I, I have to uh, correct myself. He is a forward, but he, and I bet he could play a striker, but he's mostly going to be, I believe, a right winger for them. Uh, man, this is this is tough because honestly, other than that one goal, because I, I was watching that game uh, and some limited uh, spurts of Austin FC don't really know too much about him. And I'm not the only one because we as an entire Uh, soccer society don't really uh, get to know too much about him because he's only played 212 minutes for Austin. He's only 24, so he has a lot of upside. As Jack said, you know, it's really low risk because, you know, being so young, he's going to be pretty cheap. But just like, you know, Jack said, just to echo that and take it even further, I I, I really don't see him as anything other than uh, someone who can come off the bench he has a, a good amount of speed, I, I will say, uh, to uh, take an, a, a, a saying from Greg Berhalter. He has a lot of verticality. I think he's going to be really good <laughs> running down the wings, uh, getting in behind players and potentially, you know, at, in the in the late game when everyone's tired, that speed is going to be really important. And we saw that a little bit with Austin FC. But everything else about his game kind of seems like you can get a better player for pretty cheap, even a domestic player, you know, it's a good pick. Like I'm not, I'm not bagging on it, especially, you know, cause it's free. It, it's a free pick. So you can't really you know, bag on it too much, but at the same time, I feel like we're not going to be seeing too much of gains. Also kind of sad that he is no longer with his hometown team. Kind of a sad story there, but alas, uh, uh, this is the kind of player you pick up with these expansion drafts. Like, you know, low risk i'd say uh high reward players that might do some damage off the bench 
Uh, speaking of that, let's go to the second uh, pick. Unless, Jack, you have something else to say about him? No, I think you've covered it really well there. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. I'm interested to hear what you have, what you think about this next pick, because I think it's I, I think it's a pretty interesting one here. Yes, uh, I think so. We don't know too much about uh, Gaines in terms of what he can bring to this MLS level team. Uh, but we know what we're getting with this next pick, and we, which is why I have a lot more to say about this. We are looking at English center back slash left back Anton Walks from Atlanta United, about to turn 25. It's just 24 right now. Played 33 matches for Atlanta, 2,773 minutes. We know what he's about. And Jack, if I'm going to give this a grade, I'd probably give this a light A. Uh, you know, maybe maybe even an A minus A level, A plus. You know, we don't do that uh, at our university, <laughs> so I can't I can't give him an A plus. Well, max I can give an A, but I think this is a good pick, especially considering that Charlotte FC, you know, they want to build a good core, a good spine, right? And that requires getting good defense, good cheap defense that uh can hold up well, and. By getting a good solid pick in the defense, that leaves a lot of room to further spend in uh, the front. Other than, uh, other than the, the aforementioned gains, there's not a lot of depth that they have uh, up front in the left wing and the right wing. They're really focusing, especially in this draft, as we're going to talk about further, uh, in that uh, defense. And I think Anton Walks is a great, great pick. Played pretty well in Atlanta United. A lot of Atlanta fans were sad to see him leave. And when you look at his stats, I mean, he is a serviceable, at the very least, center back slash left back uh, in terms of against other center backs in this league. He was in the top 14% in passes attempted per 90. The pass completion rate was also pretty good, which is if you're looking for you know a, a ball playing center back, really good. 88.8% uh, pass completion rate is pretty good for a, a, a ball playing center back. And then when you look at his other defensive stats, you know, they hold up pretty well there. He's in uh, the top 40, 50 percent of center backs, which for an expansion team to get a player of that caliber right away. It's not like he's going to be lights out. It's not like he's not he's no uh, Miles Robinson in terms of, uh, you know, cheap center backs. But at the same time, like he can add something uh, to this team, whether it be starting or as a substitute. So I think this is a really, um, really good pick. If I think of something else, I, I'll mention it as well. But Jack, Anton Walks from Atlanta United. What do you think about this? This is an A. This is, okay. this right. is my right. top right. pick uh, that they, or my, my ranking of the top pick uh, for uh, Charlotte FC. I think, I think it's really fantastic. You know, you, you see what can happen uh, when you don't have experienced defenders in mls cough cough minnesota in 2017 absolutely uh, you know uh so i i think that this is a really solid pick he's played in two stints for atlanta united uh and you know i i think i think he's done a pretty good job he has a lot of experience in this league you know i a lot of people think about mls as being like oh it's such an easy league that people can walk into you you can't really it, it, it takes some adapting to it so it's all it like uh when christian fuchs signed 
for Charlotte FC. Uh, I I think like last August, I want to say, or or this past August, it, it was it was in the summer or whatever. But uh, when he when he signed, I was like, that's great and all, but you got to get that MLS experience as well. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge move to get that. He's also pretty young, twenty four years old. He he's six foot two as well. Definitely the kind of person you want as uh, yeah, in your center back position. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I I think that he he also possesses a little bit of a goal threat here and there. He he chipped in two goals over the course That's of the true. campaign. That's true. Not not too bad for sure. And you know, the fact that he was playing pretty much every game, almost every game, just missing one for Atlanta this past season, that shows you that this is a this is a huge player with a ton of leadership capabilities mm-hmm. and i think that that's the kind of thing you really need to bring in to an expansion level team it will be exciting to see uh how he how he's used i i could see him potentially getting like a captain's armband honestly really? i i honest i honestly think he he could be that kind of player because from what i've read from some atlanta folks okay. he, he definitely he definitely was a, a big part of that leadership core of the team so I- yeah, I definitely I actually did read like uh, Atlanta fans when they were like commenting on this pick. They're like, oh, man, he's such a good guy, you know, like a great guy on and off the field. So, yeah, sure. Are you concerned at all that he uh, requires an international spot uh, or do you think it's worth spending that on a center back of his caliber? Because it's not like he's like a huge game changer. You know, usually those game changers are going to be further up the field. Uh, are you worried at all uh, about that for an expansion team? I, I don't think so. I think that I think they've still got plenty of international spot. Yeah, this is just one international spot so far. Yeah. Uh, so that's all they've used on their roster. I, I think that given that it's a pretty decent, uh, a pretty decent pick. Then I, I, I'm not too concerned about it. I can see why you might be like a lot of teams tend to use international spots on midfielders and you know more forwards but i i think this is a good way to use an international spot because you're uh you know you're getting someone who has experience abroad and also has experience in the league i think it's worth it for uh to take up that international spot all right and i'll echo your sentiments about the importance of having a, a strong domestic defensive record i mean it's difference between the likes of inter miami and nashville using uh, mm-hmm. that year exactly. as a case study nashville you know got walker zimmerman got joe willis and did really well for themselves inter miami uh did not do that and so <laughs> we see the, the stark difference build up there so it's good to have someone who has mls experience who has proven themselves here uh next up is someone who uh uh, I'll also let you talk about him, Jack. Joseph Mora, uh, left back for DC United, that his former club, played 26 matches for them last season, 1,531 minutes. Uh, Jack, what, what, what do you think about him? I, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts first. I mean, he, he has MLS experience, right? Like, which definitely makes him an all right pick for, for this. I, I'm not sure if he's the strongest fullback slash like maybe mid like le- left back slash left mid they could have gotten uh, it, it available in the field. I think that 
he he's definitely a decent enough choice but i i i i'm gonna be completely honest and say i have not watched a ton of dc united uh just in general i know they did okay at points in the season and pretty (laughs) awful at other points in the season so i'm i'm not i'm not so sure if if this is like the best way they could have used uh their their draft pick for this one but i i it it seems clear to me that there was definitely a, a pattern in uh, Charlotte FC's draft strategy, which was defense wins championships. That that's kind of like what they're what yes. they're thinking. Also, you you might have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think he'll take up an international spot uh, because he's Costa Rican, I believe. But I could be wrong on that. I I think he probably at this point playing in the league for three years. He probably yeah, has a I was going to say. I, I if if I had to guess, I, I would guess that he uh, probably has a green card and is no longer an international. Yeah. It, it, it could go either way. He's, he's been here since 2018. So uh, I, I can't really say I mean, if it's an international spot that he takes up, it's a uh, this is an F. But he, <laughs> he as far as I know, he doesn't or else I think it'd be uh, it would be on in the news even more that that they did that. Um but because he supposedly doesn't take up an international spot, I'm going to give this a solid D. I just, yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't really understand this pick. Namely, well, a couple of reasons. Namely, because they have some depth at left back. In fact, it might be one of their only uh, spots where they have some depth. I mean, uh, walks can play in that position, but they also have Fuchs and uh, Armour, uh, who, you know, isn't, you know, a name that you would obviously know because it's Adam Armour, 19 year old. I'm just looking at his stats. Uh, joined this year. You know, well, play, played in Charlotte Independence uh, for the past year as a, you know, on loan. So they, ha- they have some level of depth there. And when you look at the opportunity cost, and this is where we talk about some, dr- some draft theory here, the opportunity cost between picking him and not picking him, picking any other player, picking another player that the team wants and trading that for money, it, it, it just seems to outweigh taking him when you have other options there. You look at his stats, and if, if the, the, the head coach of Charlotte FC, uh, who I should mention is Miguel Angel Ramirez, who likes to play a 4-3-3 uh, in, past, in the past, has liked to play a, a pretty dynamic 4-3-3, not going to get too many dynamism from this this fullback here because when you look at his stats yes compared to other fullbacks in this league his defensive record's pretty good you know pressures per 90 tackles per 90 interceptions per 90 all in the top 25th percentile and then you look at his attacking and his playmaking stats and then they're all in the bottom 25 percent he has zero uh uh xg per 90 and you don't obviously unless you're chelsea you don't need your fullbacks to be scoring <laughs> goals uh but at the same time you probably want them to be progressive passers he's in the he's in the uh, the the bottom 18 percent. that's not good he's in the bottom 25 percent in progressive carries like yes he could be a good defensive player but if you're looking for an attacking option out of your fullbacks he, he's not going to be it and I, I'm going to say like that there's probably some better international left backs. Uh, Fuchs is a good player, even though he's pretty old. Some good domestic left backs, whether it's in USL or anywhere else, that can, at the very least, do his job defensively 
just as good as him and also add something going forward. So, you know, when you look at the opportunity cost of picking him versus doing literally anything else, I it's a head scratcher to me, Jack. Would you agree at the very least? Oh, I, I agree. There's so many better players, really, that they could have picked out. Uh, no offense to Joseph Moore. I'm, I'm sure he's he's oh, a yeah. fine player. But at the same time, you know, looking at just the eligible lists of players that were available, right? Uh, taking out the teams that have already been there. Why? The, the question just keeps coming up. Just why? <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to like, I, I really don't understand why you would go with this when there's so many better players out there. Like, uh, you know, Diego Rubio from Colorado comes to mind as like a, a pick that I, I thought for sure was going to be uh, was going to be jumped on, but uh, didn't happen at all. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of there are really just a lot of, of players, even from uh, D.C. There's better defenders that you could have mm-hmm. picked there. If, if, uh, if, you, if you wanted a left back, uh, I, I don't know uh, if his contract got declined and they could get him out another way. But Marlon Hairston, Columbus Crew. Only mm-hmm. 27 can play left back. So I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. There, it, when you look into it deeper, <laughs> the more perplexing it gets, why they wouldn't, uh, you know, have anyone else, I guess uh, it, it, which seems kind of, seems kind of strange, but like even Minnesota, right? Like there, there's some solid choices in there. Like Yuka Raitala. Yeah, De- a decent, decent left back does the same defensive, uh, does the same defensive work. I guess he takes up an international spot potentially, but yeah, at, at the same time, he's going to give you a lot more going forward than anyone else would. So I, I think that I think that's just the most perplexing part of this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, there when we talk about draft theory, especially in MLS, we also have to think of. If they take him on, like take a player on, they also have to take on their contract, which is why I saw a lot of people pick uh, Metnir uh, from Minnesota United as a potential expansion pick. And I at no point was worried of Metnir getting picked because he's at the limit for wages. Yeah, exactly. He would be a TAM player and uh, he's old. And so if you're going to take on like an expensive, uh, he's not, I don't think he's international anymore. I think he's his green card, but he's still you know, is a very expensive player. You know, Yuga Raitala is a good pick. Mustafa Kiza from uh, CF Montreal, also a good left back pick. Just, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. Just, <laughs> I, I, I just don't understand it. No offense, Mora. You, you are probably a good player. So whatever. Let's go on to the last two picks. I'll lump this together, Jack. Let's talk about uh, two trades, actually. One to LAFC and the other to Vancouver Whitecaps. I'm talking about Tristan Blackman, originally from LAFC, getting traded to Vancouver Whitecaps in exchange for $475,000 of general allocation money. I'll remind our listeners that general allocation money is used to uh, buy down players. So instead of, uh, you know, we're in a salary league, so we have a salary cap. Instead of a player, you know, costing too much above the maximum salary charge, you can use that general allocation money to buy that down, make those players cheaper so you can have higher quality players on your team for cheap. So we have Tristan Blackman 
getting traded for 475k and then from nyfc nycfc sorry uh, the champions to lafc ismail tajuri shradi uh, who is i believe a forward for them attacking midfielder tristan blackman a pretty good defender for lafc uh so in all through these two trades, Charlotte FC have netted $875,000 of that Monopoly money. Jack, these trades, do you like them? How would you rate these picks? I understand trading Ismail Tajuri Shradi to LAFC because, honestly, his contract after what he contributed, scoring seven goals in just over 1,000 minutes for the eventual MLS Cup champions, his contract wasn't going to be cheap to maintain so and he has mls experience as well right so it's it's not uh like he, he's not like an unproven player or anything so he probably would have come along with a price tag uh with that with the contract so that makes sense and it's pretty good money that you're getting honestly though i if if they're wanting that defensive solidity i don't get why they would trade tristan blackman Yes, they have two potential right backs in their squad, but Tristan Blackman walks into most of the starting 11s in MLS. Uh, I, I think he's very good. He's been very good for LAFC. There's a reason why uh, he's been that he, he's been there for, I think it's three years now he, he, he had been there. Yeah, he, uh, he was uh, their third overall pick in 2018. Yeah, right. So I, I, I. I, I understand maybe his contract is expensive, but I feel like for a player like him, it I I, I don't know. I, I, I would have I, I think I, I would have liked to try and keep him if possible, but I, I'm guessing there, there has to be some financial reason or maybe they have a trade in the works already for a different right back that that's uh, that that's going to come in. But either way, I, I feel like he is a very solid option that. I, I when I when I when I saw that I was like oh yeah that's that's really exciting and then I get the alert a few minutes later he's been traded to Vancouver and I was like ah yeah it's too bad what letter grade would you give the give these trades as a whole I think to Juri Shradi I give like probably uh, a B plus A minus range I think it's I think it's pretty high up there because of the amount of money you're getting for it and also. Mm-hmm. Charlotte probably would have struggled to pay the contract a little bit and would probably be reluctant to give such a big contract in their first year of of existence. Right. So that mm-hmm. that's uh, that that's what I'm thinking on that. And then for the Blackman trade, I, I feel like it's like a C minus to C. OK, just because I, I think it's a good amount of money. I, I do think it is a good amount of money. But at the same time, I, I feel like he's such a good player that the fact that he he was drafted with the intention to just trade him immediately just feels like not the smartest decision again okay. i don't i don't know as much about the club, the the board and what they're what they're thinking through this right so that's just speculation on my part but yeah well jack let me tell you what the board is talking about and what they're thinking cuz i have some quotes from the Ooh, sporting okay, director okay. Uh, before that i have to give my grade Okay. And I give these trades an A plus. Yeah, I know I said that I, I can't uh, give out A pluses. I'm going to make an exception for these trades. 
people know that I've always been skeptical of uh, these drafts. I, I think they're important. I wouldn't get rid of them necessarily. But if I was a sporting director, I would go the Philadelphia route and I would invest in my academy and trade away every single pick possible uh, for allocation money. I mean, it, it works. I mean, uh, Phil, okay. uh, Philadelphia traded all of their picks to Cincinnati and look where Philadelphia is and look where Cincinnati is. Both of them have uh, zero MLS cups still, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> nice. objectively, Philadelphia is more successful. But let's talk about what Charles FC sporting director Zoran uh, Krinetta thinks about these trades, uh, saying, quote, it's monopoly money, so we can't go out and celebrate tonight. Ha ha ha. Very funny, uh, Zoran. Uh, he went on to say, we want to be flexible. We want to be in control. That's the idea behind it. We want to make sure that we can pick the players and trade where we want. We have a bunch of signings that hopefully we can move forward with soon. I think the reality of the expansion draft is we were never going to go out and get our starting forward and our starting wingers like our DP players there. And it makes sense because, you know, these expansion drafts, there aren't going to have uh, huge, huge game changing players. And really, when you look at the history of the expansion draft, the last time that the expansion draft, I think, really was successful and a team really had a successful expansion draft in the past, I would say since Montreal, because I'm pretty sure Montreal had, you know, an OK expansion draft. But since 2015 with Orlando, NYCFC, Atlanta, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Inter-Miami, Nashville, there's only one team that did well. And that was LAFC when they picked up Tyler Miller and Latif Blessing. Those were two like actual starter caliber players. The rest of the players that are get picked up in expansion drafts are very low impact. I understand Tristan Blackman could have made an impact, but at the same time, with that amount of money, you can use that to buy down a stronger right back, or in this case, what Zuran was talking about, uh, buying down a DP, a potential DP or a potential TAM player that would be a great number 10 or a great right winger, buying them down making them cheap and getting an actual game changer for that money. When we talk about opportunity costs, when we talk about draft theory, we have to think about these players, not just as players themselves and what they add to the team, but as assets. And if you, if you say, would you rather have these two players or $875,000 to spend on any player and you already have players in mind, I, I, I see no reason to keep Tristan Blackman, especially uh, I, I at least trust Charlotte FC enough to say that I believe that they do have a plan at uh, right back. Now, you can to, to, to give uh, Jack and other skeptics like uh, uh, Jordan and Logan of the Stateside Show uh, some credit because they are also pretty skeptical of these trades. I 100% understand the reason why they would be skeptical. We've seen what happens to the likes of Miami, of Cincinnati, right, who don't have a lot of, I'd say, domestic strength and stability in their back line. They get that with walks. And I'd also argue, Jack, uh, that they need this flexibility. They traded, I think, I don't know, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, uh, a good amount of money for some international spots. Uh, and that means that they, are, they, they have lower allocation money in their uh, coffers right now. Yes, expansion teams get a lot of them. But a part of the reason why FC Cincinnati sucks and still sucks is because they lacked flexibility going uh, past their first year. 
I think this gives them flexibility to build their roster. Am, am I wrong, Jack? Am I right? What do you think? Well, you're right. It does give them flexibility to build their roster. Uh, I, I still I still think, you know, just looking looking at uh, I, I was looking up uh, some of the details of Tristan Blackman's contract. Seems like he would have been an affordable option. I, I, I get the flexibility idea, but at the same time, I feel like passing up on that sort of player is just is just could potentially be looked back upon as a missed moment. Oh, for yeah, 100 percent. So that that that's that's what I think. I feel I feel like I, I understand both sides of it. I just feel like he is a very, very good MLS player. So I, I, I feel like could be quite a missed uh, opportunity, but it will be interesting to see what they actually do with this allocation money. If, if they're if they use it smartly or if they waste it away like some other expansion teams have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, really, it's, it's a little too early to tell whether it's going to be an actually good move. Uh, as someone who really doesn't care about uh, drafts too much as, as a as a potential sporting director like myself, I, I, I see no reason to to hate this pick other than the fact that uh, you have a special attachment to the likes of Tristan Blackman. You want to have domestic players. I understand that. But from a purely like team building perspective, I would love to have like the amount of flexibility they have going into their uh, first season. So let's talk about uh, where Charlotte are at right now uh, in terms of, you know, their depth chart. They have some really good young and impactful players such as midfielder uh, Ruiz. I I, I think that's going to be one of their main uh, game changers in the midfield, defensive midfield or as a number eight, uh, Sergio Ruiz, a Spanish player. uh, Played, I believe, uh, Las Palmas on loan in twenty twenty. Got five goals there. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, other than that, they obviously have Christian Fuchs in the left back along with uh, their recent draft pick there. Center back, uh, Walks is one. Carujo is another. Uh, Polish, uh, uh, Soboczynski is another uh, center back option. Uh, goalkeeper is a bit concerning. <laughs> they, they don't really have a starting one right now. They have yeah. Pablo... Uh, 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 Sisniega. Yeah, Pablo Sisniega, uh didn't have his name up right there. Uh, played for LAFC. Didn't really, wasn't a starting caliber, I wouldn't say. Jack, would no, you agree? No, I, I agree. Uh, that That's probably one of the biggest spaces they still need to improve. And also, coincidentally, left wing because they have absolutely no one who can play that's on true. that side of the pitch. So That's true. Uh, they do have someone... On the, on, the, on the right backs uh, section. So maybe they didn't need Tristan Blackman. It's actually uh, Jalen Lindsay, a very young player there out of uh, the Sporting Kansas City Academy. Uh, played, you know, pretty sparsely over the last four or five years for SKC. Uh, but still, you know, a, a good option as a domestic right back. Going into the real spine of the team, that's where they have uh, some stronger players. Uh, the uh, aforementioned Ruiz is a good option there. Uh, Riley McGree, Australian, 23-year-old, previously played uh, in Birmingham City. Uh, other options include Brant, uh, Bronico and others. And we get to the forward line. Don't really have you know, s- strong striker options, I would say. Don't really have... I mean, Vinicius is one striker option. Left wing, Jack said, absolutely nobody. Right wing, 
gains and then question marks. So as uh, the sporting director mentioned for Charlotte FC, one of the main, main driving forces for trading uh, the two players is having flexibility to deal with that forward line. Jack, would you agree that the forward line and the goalkeepers are the most important positions of need for Charlotte FC right now? Yes, they yeah, need to upgrade yeah, yeah. everything else, but would you agree that's the probably where they need to look at? Yeah, although I, I will say their midfield doesn't look that bad. Uh, is, it, is it maybe the highest quality midfield in MLS? No, but I, I, I think that if they're prioritizing things, you absolutely have to prioritize. I think first thing is left wing, because at least at the very least in goalkeeper, you have someone there who can play and has MLS experience. So there, there is that left wing has to be the first, the first pick. Then I think you go for striker goalkeeper and then right wing, and then you start improving the midfield. I, you, I I think one thing that we've def that we've talked about already in this uh, episode is that they were definitely going for some defensive stability and they definitely Mm -hmm. have that. In fact, it's the only part of their depth chart that actually has depth. So, I mean, (laughs) I, I think that that speaks to the fact that they, they had a vision and they definitely executed it. So I, I, I think that they're probably in a decent position. I'm going to be very interested to see what they do with everything else, because there's a lot of good players that are, that are still out there that they can pick up. And I'll be interested to see if they pick up some of those players, you know, that we've mentioned in other picks they could have gotten. There's a lot of good goalkeepers out there as well that, that could, uh, that could be picked up. So We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I, I really think that this uh, offseason is going to be a pretty hot market for MLS because we have some players that may or may not be leaving some uh, uh, high quality players. And that means that there's going to be a lot of players shuffling around. That means that there's going to be a lot of players coming from overseas that player that te- MLS teams, multiple MLS teams might be looking to buy. We have uh, Tati Castellanos potentially moving uh, to Europe. We have the likes of uh, Carlos Vela potentially uh, moving on, and we have a bunch of uh, a bunch of players moving back and forth. Uh, Sebastian Lachette, obviously one of those names, moving from LA Galaxy to New England Revolution uh, sometime soon. So this is going to be very important for Charlotte FC to handle things very soon, or at least get the ball rolling, because you are going to be competing not just with all the other European teams that are going through the winter transfer window, all the other uh, South American teams, but also MLS teams that are going to be very, very hungry to pick up their star left winger. Off the top of my head, I don't really have any suggestions. Uh, the only name that's like somehow it's like ringing in my ears, like uh, Medina from NYCFC. Uh, I, I really don't know why, but that seems like a name that Charlotte FC would pick up. Jack, I want to ask you two questions for, before we head out. Uh, number one, on the scale to one to ten, how impressed are you with Charlotte FC as an on-the-field product right now? Are you impressed? Are you uh, concerned? Like, wh- where are you at right now? I think I'd go with about, like, a five or six, just because... Okay theoretically they could put put out a starting 11 that has some quality in it without a doubt like joseph moore could play 
left mid slash left wing, I'm sure. Uh, wouldn't be that good, I'm sure, but could do it. Uh, so I, I think that there's definitely some quality there, but there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done on that forward line and uh, a little bit on the midfield as well. I, I think that there's definitely a lot of potential to be had, but whether or not they capitalize on it, you know, that's why that's why I'm, I'm only giving it like a 5.5, I mm-hmm. guess. I'll average between 5 and 6. Sure. But, you know, there's a lot of good players that they could pick up to fill those holes. So. Yeah. I, I'll also go with probably a 5. I think everything that Charlotte FC has done, whether it be the branding, the stadium, uh, some of their off-the-field antics, it's been very, like, lukewarm for me where it's like it's a very average club i i honestly always forget that they're coming into the league and even on the field it reminds me more of the likes of austin fc than uh the likes of uh nashville atlanta la or even inter miami because i i see a lot of like you know good names no no bona fide stars coming into this league so far um you know a a, a good base I'm sure they'll do even better in their sophomore year if their expansion year doesn't go well. But nothing that like blows me away and makes me think that they're going to be a playoff caliber team right away. But again, the roster is still very uh, immature, very young, so a lot of things can happen. Uh, the second question, Jack, you know, we talk about drafts a lot. We talk about the Super Draft as one of our first ever deep dives. Did you think, or do you think, I'd rather, that the expansion draft is still successful, still something that's important, still something that adds value to teams after this 2021 iteration. I think so, uh, because it can be an important tool to getting financial resources that you wouldn't otherwise be able to access. I think as long as teams can still get that financial resource out of it, it will continue to be a thing, even if it doesn't always produce the biggest stars per se. Right. I think it still is useful to help these teams get, you know, just names on a roster and makes a little bit of an event out of it, too. I think, well, while yeah. it might not have been the most impressive uh, event ever, I, I, I still had fun watching the event yeah. and like, uh, you know, get, getting hyped to hear like who they would be selecting next. I thought I thought it was I, I thought it was kind of cool to see that. Um it will be interesting to see how these draft picks end up doing, uh, because I think that they got only one real starter. I think Anton walks is probably the only actual starter out of mm-hmm. the three that they kept, whereas the other two are more utility pieces. So it'll be interesting to see how they all fit together. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm I'm going to agree with you, though, that I, I sometimes forget Charlotte is entering the league, which <laughs> is, is more of a fact of I don't pay as much attention to the Eastern Conference for one. Yeah. And second, it is just like when I think of major soccer markets in the U.S., Charlotte isn't the first place I would think of. Uh, you know, I'm thinking more. Baltimore and thinking, okay, interesting. Uh, you know, actually Phoenix, Arizona, New Mexico, like a so, somewhere down in New Mexico, potentially mm-hmm. uh, Detroit, I, I, even Detroit. Yeah, yeah, that that that's one. Indianapolis, potentially, you know, so yeah. uh, something out there. Uh, but I, I 
it w- I, I want to see Charlotte succeed because I always think it's fun when expansion teams do succeed. But we'll, we'll see if they've set themselves up for that with this draft. I want Charlotte FC to fail because that's a terrible name and a terrible crest in a terrible stadium. But the, the, the crest needs some work for sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that is it for our Charlotte FC, uh, you know, recap of their expansion draft. I'll also say expansion drafts. I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but I, I really enjoy the flexibility, as Jack said, that it gives teams. And I really hope that with the added flexibility, whether it be uh, potential players to trade, potential players to use and potential money to spend on players that Charlotte FC uses it well. And they have a very fun, successful season for fans and neutrals alike. Jack, where can people find us on social media? They can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, we we try and tweet on there uh, whenever big events happen uh, in the football world, and you know you're you're gonna want to keep up to date on there because you know there there's a lot of of big news that that's coming out. That new MLS schedules came out earlier today. AJ and I are looking forward to that. Uh, so yeah, I mean. It, it's there, there's a ton of stuff that we'll be tweeting about on there, mostly after finals. So uh, <laughs> it might not be as exciting right now, but it's uh, much like draft picks can be. It can be an investment following Ooh. us that, that, that pays off later. OK, or, you know, if it's a bust, you can unfollow us later. It's, <laughs> uh, it, it's fine. Uh, but in the meantime, you might as well just follow. That's true. Following is free. It's also free to follow us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podcast Addict. I always forget Podcast Addict. Spotify and Apple Podcasts are always on the top of my brain. It takes me a little bit to think about Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, wherever, wherever. Uh, go ahead and tell a friend that you enjoy the show. Tell your dad you enjoy the show. I'm sure he would love to hear about Charlotte FC, a team that I'm sure he, like all of us, rarely thinks about. Uh, we'll see you guys next Monday for a very jam-packed news episode. Uh, I already. I'm reading some great news stories that I definitely want to talk about. Uh, And if I'm crying, then you know that finals have not been going too well there. And we'll see you guys next Thursday for another deep dive episode. Same time, same place. See ya. Bye for now.